Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Uh, uh, the mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hit on vocals. This what the people need and what they want now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. Good. What up, though? It's your homie, homie CL. And uh, I'd like to welcome y'all all back to the Rundown Sports Podcast. Gotta know that. And uh, if you out there listening and you like what you're about to hear, if you like what you heard before, or you just want to do it for the, you know, whatever reason, go on over to iTunes, support the show, you know, rate and reviewers. That'll help us a whole lot. And uh, if you want to take your support even further, you can uh, follow me at CL Main Event on Twitter. Follow the show at The Rundown Sports on Twitter. Same thing across all the social networking platforms. You come over to therundown.com. That's what we want you at. Come over there, poke around, see what you like, read some good articles. Um, and if you're shopping on Amazon, Groupon, Pregame, Walmart, whoever, just click on the links, man. We're going to help you out. We're going to get you some deals. And uh, we do what we can, man. So, I'm a man of the people. And uh, with that said, I got some new people or a new person on the podcast today. Uh, his name is David Choke from over there at the Falcoholic, one of them SB Nation blog sites. Uh, I appreciate him taking some time out to speak with your boy on some of this Atlanta sports talk. You know, we really dove in on the Falcons because, as everybody knows, they're on hard knocks. Some people are upset. Some people are angry. I don't know why. It's just what it is. But uh, I'm over here rocking to this young thug. I'm going to let y'all turn up on this interview. I might jump in the booth do me a 16 or something. That be going in. Ugh. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Now, uh, let me stop playing, man. Hey, I'm going to catch y'all on the other side. Without further ado, here's Dave's show. Joining me today on the Rundown Sports Podcast, got a new homie from uh, one of the SB Nation blog sites, The Falcoholic. I have Dave Chote on the line. How you doing, Dave? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Now, uh, for those people that are brand new to the Falcoholic or might have never heard of it, um, why don't you give them a little information about the site and uh, just a little bit about yourself before we get started? Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know we started this about eight years ago um, during the 2006 season. Team looked a lot different then, but uh, you know we're we're basically the largest uh, 
Falcon site on the web if we're, if we're not the largest we're close to it and you know we got a really good active community we talk about the Falcons every day we're we're averaging about four articles a day here in the off season so you know we, we keep things going even when there's not a lot going on and uh, you can find that at www.thefalcoholic.com Alright. Now what? Now, how did you get into covering the Falcons? You know, it was just uh, it was one of those random things. I've been a, a Falcons fan since about 91. Um, and I was going, going to school uh, trying to do the journalism thing. And I saw SB Nation had an opening. Uh, they, they didn't have a single NFC South blog when I started, actually. So uh, we were the first ones. By a couple of months, and so I just applied to writers. Said, you know, I'm a I'm a big Falcons fan. I'm a writer. I'd love to do this, and it, uh, it was just one of those things. I got lucky. I had good timing, I guess, and got into it. And it's uh, it's just been a it's been a great thing to do. Yeah, man, that's fortunate, man. You you end up getting in with SB Nation, kind of on that ground floor level. And um, I always tell people, like, man, that's it's really big. If there's something that you're passionate about, you got to pursue it, you know, because if you, oh, yeah. I'm like, if you don't, then it's like whatever opportunity there was to either be first or get in before everybody else jumps in, you know, that, that chance is, is diminished. It is. And I, I think, you know, it's, you know, not, not everything works out. I, I definitely was lucky, but it's, it's always good to, to throw your name and try for it. I think it's it's always worthwhile. Yeah, man, that's what's up, man. Now, uh, I guess you could say the Falcons kind of had a, a busy offseason. Uh, I guess at least a lot of attention. Now, we just had last night TJ Yates coming over for, uh, what's his name, Dent? Yeah, Akeem Dent. Yep. Akeem Dent, yeah. I want... I don't know why I want to call him Richard Dent. I don't, I don't know what I'm thinking about. But, uh, yeah, so they, they trade Akeem Dent for TJ Yates last night. Now, are, is this just something that the Falcons did to give them some insurance on Matt Ryan? Because I did look at that depth chart for backup quarterbacks, and it wasn't looking too good. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people are hoping for a more exciting move this time of year, but you just don't see it that often. And I think this is an interesting one because uh, Dent, and, and I like Dent, um, you know, I think he, he's been inconsistent, but he's had some nice plays for them over the last couple of years. Um, but it was pretty clear he probably wasn't going to make the roster. And it was pretty clear Yates wasn't going to make the roster in Houston. So it's just a swap of two guys that, you know, their respective teams didn't really want anymore. But, it gives the Falcons a veteran backup for Matt Ryan. And I think, you know, I would have been pretty comfortable letting uh, Dominique Davis and Sean Renfrey battle it out to back him up. But there's, there's no experience there, and you're really not going to know whether that guy's going to fall flat on his face or not until Matt Ryan is hurt or something happens to Matt Ryan. So, you know, Yates at least has done something. He's been a little bit successful in the league. You know, he's 27. He's got three years under his belt. So, got a playoff you know, win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's just one of those things. I think it was just a it was a smart move, but it doesn't move the needle much. It just gives him a little bit of a insurance behind Ryan. Okay. Now, what? Uh, I guess since 
we talk about acquisitions. Before I talk about the draft a little bit, I guess we could talk about free agency. Um, during the free agency period, the biggest splash move that I think the Falcons made was getting Devin Hester. And that's not really saying too much. But uh, at the same time, I think it does give the Falcons a little bit uh, more ground to stand on when you're talking about special teams. And I don't know how you how you going to fit in the offense, especially with, you know, Harry Douglas being the number three. He's probably going to be regulated to the four and five. How are you feeling about that acquisition? I think you pretty much. Uh, I think you pretty much nailed it. I mean, it's a special team signing. It's. Um, I know some people want to see Hester uh, take over as a number three receiver, but he's just not going to do that. Um, you know, at this stage of his career, Harry Douglas is, is is more productive as a receiver. He's got the better track record. So, you know, hopefully they can get him involved and get his speed. Um, you know, to use. But I'm not expecting more than like you know 15, 20 catches this year. It's really it is on special teams. I mean, two years running, especially last year, they didn't really have anybody um, to return the football. And so again and again, they just had guys with fair catches and you know muff muff punts and that. All right. Now, with that said about Devin Hester, I the only thing that I get in the fight with with a lot of my other homies. Now, I I reference this by saying this. Uh, I am a Saints fan, but since I stay in Atlanta, I chose to cover the home teams. Uh, when I talk to my people out here, especially my uh, my co-host Slim, they like Harry Douglas for some reason. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold on him. He did pretty good, especially not having a Julio out, Julio out there last year, but. Uh, I kind of looked at it as more of a production thing than versus a talent thing. Where do you stand on Harry Douglas? Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Um, you know, I think he's probably a pretty decent number three. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, if you do have to put him in the top option, um, you know, he got it done last year. But at the same time, you know, he doesn't always – uh, fight to get open. He doesn't have the best hands all the time. He has some mental mistakes along the way. So, you know, really, he's he's just a, he's pretty decent for a number three guy. And I, I think, especially at this stage of his career, where he's thirty at this point, he's not really a whole lot more than that. And I, I think you know, fans want to see this guy break out. But I think you kind of saw him do it last year without anybody around him, and that's what he can do for you. He can he can catch a lot of balls. He's a useful player. But he's not a great player, and and I think that, you know, sometime in the next couple of years, the Falcons will be looking to upgrade on him. But he's been he's been doing this for a long time, and he's been he's been pretty reliable, pretty durable. So you got to give him that at least. Yeah. Now, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this about Harry Douglas, then I'm gonna move on. My thing about him is. Like, down here, they say, you know, he could be a number two. But at the same time, it's like, you put him on any other situation, you know he's not going to succeed the way he could in Atlanta. Like, it's almost, you got to think about almost like the New Orleans Saints situation. 
when you bring in guys and they fit in that system, they're going to do what they're supposed to do. And once you take them out, they're not going to look the same. Just ask Robert Meacham. So that's the way I feel about on that. Um, now, a couple things that i seen on your site and my site that I agree with was uh, pertaining to the news that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be on hard knocks this year. Now, I'm loving it because I, I'm a big fan of the hard knock series. I, you know, for one, I'm an NFL fan just like anybody else, and that, that really gets in-depth in a lot of coverage that you don't actually get to see. So I'm excited to see that, especially with it being so close to home. Um, it's two things that I took away from that. One, there's going to be some interesting storylines to watch going into this season, and I feel like this is more of an Arthur Blank uh, thing to sell some of those tickets for that new Atlanta stadium. And two, guys like Jeff Schultz of AJC, they just tend to overreact to a whole bunch of nothing. Like, it's a preseason show. Why are people so angry about this? Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things. I'll tackle that first. Um, I, I don't get being angry. You know, it's one of those things, like, I'm pretty ambivalent about it. I mean, it's a marketing thing. It, it's a good thing for the team. They're trying to, they're trying to move tickets now, um, and they're trying to move tickets, you know, in 2017 when the new stadium opens up, absolutely. But, you know, it, as a fan, it, it's something I'm going to enjoy watching. And, it, you know, it's not something where they're going to be tripping over wires at practice or, you know, they're going to be taking plays off, you know, to, to look in the camera and talk. It's, it's nothing like that. I mean, this is just something that they're going to be kind of looking at training camp. And when these guys are, you know, off practice anyways, they'll be talking to them, interviewing them. That kind of thing. I mean, it, I don't just—I don't think it's a distraction. I think we spend way too much time worrying about these guys getting distracted. I mean, you know, they're not—they're not that easily distracted. They're football players. They've been doing this their whole lives. They're used to having cameras in their faces. They're used to all of this. So, you know, to me, it, it's just going to be a good thing for Atlanta. It's going to be a fun thing to watch, and it's not a big deal. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of great storylines. I think. You know, you see a guy like uh, Bernard Reedy, uh, that wide receiver out of, I believe, Toledo, who's been lighting it up in, in practice this week. You know, that's somebody that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, he's going to be pushing to make that roster. And, you know, you, you never know which one of these guys is really going to stand out on the screen and you're going to get to see him, um, you know, kind of living that dream or, or getting cut and getting crushed. I think that's something that's, you know, tough to watch if they're getting cut. But it, it's a neat thing for Atlanta. It's something that, they spent a long time avoiding the limelight and avoiding the exposure. Um, and that was a choice they made, but I, I, I don't mind them doing this. I, I think it, it is a good thing. I, I totally agree with that. And I'm just waiting. Like I'm, just, I'm counting down and I'm waiting now. Some other storylines that I'm looking at during hard knocks, uh, that I think are more important than, even before they announced that they were having the Atlanta Falcons on hard knocks. Uh, to begin with that, I, I threw up on the blog, you know, what about Scott Pioli's influence? You know, he's coming in, 
Thomas Dimitrov brought him in to, I guess, help him, I think, for the defense. Just because uh, Pioli's reputation from New England to Kansas City, building up great defenses, drafting the players, you know, getting them in the right system, and it's worked well. You know, Kansas City, for whatever reason, they couldn't get it right at the quarterback position, and that's that. But as far as everybody else is concerned, when you looked at all the pro bowlers was on the defense, you can see he's a has a pretty good eye for that talent. Now, what do you feel that Pioli is bringing to the organization, and is it a threat to Dimitrov's job? I, I think, you know, I, I can't, I guess, rule out that it's a threat to his job. Um, I know a lot of people are looking at it that way. And, you know, if Dimitrov gets gets fired because the Falcons have a bad season or something along those lines, I mean, maybe if he only takes over, I could see that happening. But I do think that, you know, this was a, this was a move that Dimitrov was involved in. I, I think this is something he wanted. And I think it's to bring, you know, a new perspective to the table, somebody who's more comfortable building the trenches, you know, building a good offensive line, building a good defensive line like you mentioned, and that's something that the Falcons have struggled to do. And so, you know, at some point it is it is the right thing to bring in somebody who's got a track record somewhere else and say, all right, you know, we need a different set of eyes evaluating these players and figuring out, you know, what are we going to what are we gonna do? So I, I think it does help that the two of them are friends and that they've worked together in the past. You know, I, I think that makes it uh, a little bit easier to fit those couple of egos in the room and I think when you look at Pioli um, in this front office, I think his influence is all over this. I mean, I don't know if you're signing Tyson Jackson or if you're signing uh, John Asamoah on the, the offensive line, you know, both guys who were just Chiefs a year ago, if Pioli isn't there to vouch for him, and, and I think that you're seeing, you know, the shift toward, you know, three down linemen, having a guy like Soli up in front, uh, having a guy like Tyson Jackson up in front, that's definitely uh, something they brought him in to help them figure out because, you know, in years past, they've tried to make it go with faster, lighter linemen, and it just hasn't worked out. So this is kind of a new frontier, and it's kind of good to have somebody there who's really familiar with, you know, how this should work. Yeah, and uh, I'll say this before we move on. I'm looking forward to any type of activity that involves both of them being caught up in Buckhead, uh, I don't know, on a Thursday, on one of them days before football really gets jumping. Because uh, I know I've seen a little video with them, and it just looked like they – it looks like Dimitra really needed a friend in the in the front office too. So uh, I can't – I'm going to keep my eye on that one. Uh, yeah. The next thing that – Nobody's really discussing just because some other other things, you know, the draft and all that good stuff is who's replacing Tony Gonzalez? Uh, I think his name was Levine Tolio, the 6'8", 265-pound guy that they got. He was there last year, and uh, then they kind of added some blocking guys. I think it's Bear Pascal, um, and then they brought in that free agent. Uh, from the draft, or the undrafted free agent from Wisconsin, Jacob Peterson. Now, everybody's looking at Tolio as the front runner, especially the dude as big as LeBron. Uh, 
I hope he can play the position because if not, that's a waste of size. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a big void to fill because that was Matt Ryan's blankie. He needed that, and he's not going to have that this season. So how do you feel about that situation going into this season? You know, I think uh, it's one of those things. If they were heading into 2014, uh, Tony Gonzalez just retired, and they're like, well, we're going to just try to use Playlolo or, or whoever else as a replacement, try to do all the same things. Um, you know, that would be doomed to fail because you can't do that. You can't replace a Hall of Famer like that, um, even one that's at the end of his career. And so, you know, on, on those merits, it's, um, you know, it's a tough situation. Obviously, nobody they have is going to be as good as Gonzalez or even close to it. And so it's just time to, to take that blankie away from Matt Ryan and say, this guy is the third, fourth, fifth option in the passing game. You need to trust your receivers more. And I really think because they've got Julio Jones and Roddy White that that's a pretty good thing. I think it'll work out okay. Um, but they're still going to need Toy Lolo, um, maybe Mickey Schuler, who's the, the third string guy running ahead of Peterson right now. Um, to step up and make some catches. And I, I think, you know, I think Toy Lolo is going to be good. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, he is starting off slow in camp. He's been a little banged up. He's dropped a few passes. So he's going to be somebody to watch really closely during training camp because if he can't get it done, uh, Falcons have to look elsewhere. They can't just punt the position. Yeah, that's, that's going to be some trouble if uh, if they can't get it rolling. Now, uh, another thing, and I'm going to get you out of here on this. Um, now, how familiar are you with the, the sports scene in Atlanta as a whole? I'm somewhat familiar. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I'm not, I'm not a local guy, so it's mostly the Falcons. But over the years, you know, I've, kinda, I've learned a lot more about the Hawks and Braves just because, of course, now, what I basically wanted to ask you about is uh, the Falcons' owner is being involved in an MLS team coming to Atlanta. Now, this is a great time to talk about it, you know, since the World Cup is in full swing. U.S. got a win over Ghana. Everybody's excited. And I know somewhere probably in the heart of Atlanta, they're saying, yeah, we can get this money on this soccer. So, uh how do you feel about the Falcons owner having a whole other franchise like MLS, something that's brand new to Atlanta and doesn't have a market currently? Where do you stand on him, I guess, giving his attention to that? Well, I guess you can't say he's giving his undivided attention or whatever because he's the owner. He's got plenty of people that – you know, he probably will trust to run things. But it's going to put a new wrinkle into everything. And I don't know. I just want to get your thoughts about that going forward. And uh, I guess if uh, you're a World Cup fan, you can give me a little prediction on that too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. And, and honestly, it's one I haven't gotten yet. So, um, you know, you look at Arthur Blank and, you know, this is a successful guy. Um, but he's, he's definitely a businessman, first and foremost, and he's looking for new opportunities. And 
you know, the Falcons are, are definitely, I think, more popular than they were 10 years ago even. Um, although, you know, obviously Michael Vick brought a ton of attention to the city, and, and that was a great thing. I think that was the start of it. But, you know, he's looking to diversify, and, and he's thinking, you know, I got this, this great new stadium coming, and we hope it's great. And, you know, there's an opportunity to put more than one team in there. And I think that, you know, as long as he's not getting distracted too much from the Falcons, you know, that he's not giving the team the attention and love it needs, then I don't think it's that big a deal. I know he's got uh, Rich McKay kind of heading things up as far as the stadium goes so he can focus more on the teams. But I, I do think, you know, Blank is a fairly hands-on guy. I think he'll still be at, you know, all the games. He'll still be, you know, having input and personnel and everything. So, to me, it's it's probably not going to be um, a major deal one way or the other. It's kind of interesting to see, you know, how soccer's going to do in Atlanta. Um, you know, it's probably, uh, it's a good sports town. I, I really do think that. I think it's, um, you know, it's got a bad reputation nationally that I don't think it deserves. So, I think a soccer team will be embrace there. It might take a little while, but I, I think it'll come around. And, um, you know, as far as the World Cup goes, um, I'm not going to tell you I know a whole lot, but I did put some money down on Argentina, so... Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pray, pray for me. <laughs> I'm not that brave. I have to know a little bit more about what I'm betting on, and uh, maybe if I if I, if I would have did my research going into this year, I probably would have been ready but I can't do it. All right, Dave, man. Well, uh, I'll hold you long enough. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Tell the folks where they can find you uh, on Twitter and uh, anywhere else you want to lead them to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you can come check us out on Twitter. We're at the Falcoholic. Um, and even on Facebook, too. We got a page there that's pretty active. It's uh, facebook.com slash the Falcoholic. All right. Sounds good, man. I appreciate the time, and uh, you take it easy. Hey, you too. Thanks a lot. All right, that was Dave Schultz from the Falcoholic. I appreciate him coming on again. And um, till next time, this is The Rundown, and we out here. Peace. <laughs>